What's up, runners? On this week's episode of the Up and Running podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you the top five topics of discussion on my most recent coaching calls with my runners. These are topics that were designed to help them not only improve their performance, but help them stay injury free. So I hope you stay tuned and enjoy. What's up, runners? This is the Personalized Running Doc. I'm a runner rehab specialist, running coach, and competitive distance runner. And throughout the early years of my running career, I was plagued with repetitive injuries and told by many a professional that it was my body's own fault, that my body wasn't built for running. So either I could quit or just live with the pain. I decided to choose option three, dive into the science behind running and training, which is what allowed me to return to running pain-free and continue chasing after my own PRs to this day. And now I'm gonna tell you all that I have learned along the way and how I coach my own athletes to do the same. This is the Up and Running Podcast. All right, runners, let's get right into it in terms of what I have been discussing most often in the last couple of coaching calls. And I don't want to say couple, I want to say like last couple of weeks on my coaching calls uh, with my runners. And there has definitely been some major themes, especially because it is the summertime. And especially here in the Northeast, it is hot. And for all of you far few in between that love to run in the summertime, congrats to you. But the rest of us out here are just surviving and trying to remind ourselves that summer running equals fall PRs. And sometimes that's really hard. Um, But Irregardless, let's discuss the first thing that is top of mind, and it is obviously related to managing the summer heat and training and staying injury free, um, and that is to drink more water. All of you need to drink more water. So many people tell me how much water they drink, and I immediately feel dry in the mouth for them. If you guys don't remember, my basic rule of thumb when it comes to how much water you should be drinking on a daily basis is half your body weight in ounces of water per day. So if you are a 140 pound individual, you are in, this is measure in pounds, I should say, not in kilograms, but in pounds. Um, So if you are a 140 pound individual, you are going to be trying to drink at least 70 ounces of water per day. Now, it is the summertime. You're sweating more, probably. Humidity is going to be taking more out of you as well. Direct like contact with the sun is also going to be taking more out of you. So you can expect that you're probably going to lose more water throughout your run. And that's not just through sweat, but also through breathing heavier during this period of time. And... Also, your body utilizes water um, in terms of the like chemical reactions that create muscle contractions. So there's a lot of ways that water is used in your body. So you probably actually need to be drinking even more than just the average recommended daily intake, which is half your body weight in pounds in ounces of water per day. So that 140 pound individual that initially really just needs to be drinking 70 ounces of water, maybe needing to bump that up to 90 or maybe more. It truly depends upon their sweat rate and how heavy of a sweater you are. 
and how intense your workouts are right now. But please drink more water for the love of God. (laughs) It's not going to only help you feel better, but it's going to help you perform better. It's going to help you stay more resilient. How? Well, when you're properly hydrated, you're going to be transporting fuel to your muscles more readily. You're going to help recover fast, which will then help recover faster. You're also going to be helping to remove metabolic waste from your system after a hard workout, again, helping you recover faster. Um, That ability to improve transportation of fuel for energy is going to help your level of alertness, your mood, your cognition, which also improves your brain function which is going to help you neurologically feel better as well as probably sleep better and then the other side of that is it's going to help with your um just digestional function and you're going to be able to more easily and readily digest the foods that you're eating again to provide fuel for your body All of these things are super important. The other thing that being properly hydrated does for you is it helps to lubricate essentially your muscles, your tendons, ligaments, your joints. So if you are chronically dehydrated, you're truly drying up from the inside out and that is going to have a major impact on how you feel in your day-to-day life and in your training. And yes, that could impact your ability to stay resilient to injury. So lesson number one that I've been talking about a lot with all of my runners is hydrate more, drink more water. Now tip number two is essentially related to this because if you are somebody that is struggling to drink more water, then we maybe need to see how we can supplement that to help you drink more water. And the other coin of that is electrolytes. And I've had a lot of conversations lately, again, about supplementing with electrolytes, especially for my female athletes and how important this is. So essentially when you are drinking enough water, you are obviously staying really hydrated. But the other component of that to help hydrate you further is how much salt you have in your system. We aren't just water. We are water and salt and other electrolytes like magnesium, potassium, and so many other minerals and very small compounds. And those small minerals, compounds, electrolytes, however you want to look at it, um, those help to create a certain balance in ourselves. And for us to be able to store and retain enough water, especially if we're thinking about trying to store and retain enough water prior to going out on a long run, we need to make sure that we also have enough of those electrolytes in our system for you to be able to store more water. And that is going to ultimately, again, help you feel better when you are running. So truly depends upon the individual, but I can give myself as an example when I talk about preloading with electrolytes or on a daily basis supplementing with electrolytes. So on a daily basis, the average daily recommended intake, we're just going to talk about sodium right now. The average daily recommended intake for sodium is 2,300 milligrams. That is the average daily recommended intake for a sedentary person. 
Now, if you are listening to this podcast and you are asking these deeper questions about performance, I am betting you are not sedentary. I bet you would not like uh, classify yourself as a sedentary human being. Even if you don't classify yourself as a runner yet, which if again, you're listening to this podcast, welcome to the club. You are a runner. There is no pace or time that makes you a runner. Um, If you're looking for more information about running, you are a runner. But back to the original topic, the recommended daily intake is for a sedentary person. Most of the people that I work with, I would never classify them even close to being sedentary. Most of them, honestly, I have to pull them back from working out as hard as they want to, as frequently as they want to. Um, So they should be not only taking in that amount of sodium, as well as more. They should be supplementing even higher than that. So again, I can use myself as an example. On an average day where I am doing an average workout, whether that be strength training, I've been doing a lot of cross training on the bike lately because it has been super hot and biking feels better in the heat than running does. And you know what? Cardio is cardio, guys. Um, It all works on aerobic capacity. But if I'm doing my average workout, whatever that may be, that's usually about 45 minutes to an hour, and I'm a very heavy sweater, I am going to be taking in not only that around 2,300 milligrams of sodium in my diet, just because most of the things that I eat will have natural salts in them, even though I eat a relatively healthy diet um, that's balanced in all the ways. But I will also supplement with an additional six to 900 milligrams, maybe a thousand milligrams of sodium. So on average, on a daily basis, I'm probably taking in somewhere between, I would say 3000 to 3,500 milligrams of sodium. And that sounds like a lot, but it really isn't. Again, when you calculate the fact of how much time on feet, how much effort I'm expending, all of these things, how much sweat I'm releasing, how heavy I'm breathing when I'm working out, all of these things that are going to utilize our electrolytes as well as expel them from our body in a waste product. So that's essentially like how I supplement on a daily basis. What you have to figure out for yourself is what works for you. And that takes some experimentation. There is no perfect formula. You Well, there is, but you have to go get a blood test essentially before you work out, after workout, and then you'd be able to find out how much salt you're actually losing per hour when you work out. But Not many people have time for that or want to invest in that, and that's perfectly fine. So figuring out what works for you and experimenting with that is what you need to do. But honestly, something is better than nothing, so just start somewhere. I have clients that really love to utilize Noon, N-U-U-N, and their sport uh, tablets typically have about 300 milligrams of sodium in them just start there. That is the perfect little like additive dosage to put into your water on a daily basis. And guess what? Because you are putting some salt in that water, it's going to make you thirstier and it's going to make you drink more water. So if you're struggling to get how much water you need in on on a daily basis, maybe adding in a little electrolytes to your water is going to help trigger you to get more water in. Now, if we then talk about long run days or long workout days where you're going to be 
out in the heat, especially right now for an even longer period of time, say we're talking about 90 minutes, two hours, three hours for my fall marathoners, you're going to need to preload with more electrolytes prior to that run. Um, And again, the exact amount depends upon you. I can only use myself as an example to help you guys figure out how to like calculate that for yourself and experiment with that for yourself. But essentially prior to a long run, especially in this heat, I'm probably taking in around, again, the average daily recommended intake just through my diet, but I'm probably supplementing with an additional 1,000 to maybe 2,000 milligrams of sodium a day. So that's going to bring me up to around 4,000 to 4,500 milligrams of sodium. And again, that sounds like a lot, but if you know me and you've ever seen me run for an extended period of time, especially in the heat, you know that I'm a heavy sweater. It's just all sweat all the time. It's great. Um, I really appreciate inheriting that gene from my dad. Um, But at the same time, sweat we're going to not sweat shame here. (laughs) And sweat is actually a really good thing. It means that your body is really good at regulating its temperature. Um, The sooner that you sweat when you're running or exercising just means that your body is able to adapt to the temperature changes that are happening at your core temperature quicker so that you can cool down and you can feel better and you can work out for longer. So sweating is actually a really good thing. It's just one of those things that doesn't look super pretty, but that's okay. I'm not always here to look pretty. I'm here to look strong. I'm here to, here to work out strong. That is essentially what you can kind of take in terms of estimation on a daily basis, maybe what you should be supplementing with your electrolytes, and then maybe leading up to a long run, what you should be supplementing with your electrolytes as well. And again, this is going to help improve muscle Um, contraction, reactivity, speed. It's going to help the uh, neural connection between the muscles and um, your nerves to improve that firing that occurs each time we contract our muscles. It's going to help you store more water, which is going to help with, again, transportation of your fuel, helping you ultimately not only feel stronger on your runs, but recover faster afterwards. And I'm just going to come in here with another little tidbit about another important electrolyte, magnesium. Magnesium is actually really helpful with decreasing the sensitivity of your nervous system, meaning it helps to kind of calm your nervous system down and kind of desensitize it. And that actually helps with calming effects, which helps you fall asleep. So again, that's going to help you recover better because you're sleeping better. You're getting better quality of sleep. So not only should you be drinking more water, but you should probably be adding more salt and magnesium and potassium to that water. And two of my favorite supplements, I already mentioned one that's really popular already in the running community, and that is Noon. And then the other is Element. Element is spelled L-M-N-T. Um, it's a very popular like supplement that's coming into like the community more and more. It's a bit more potent, so you have to dilute it with I think at least like 24 ounces of water. I believe is what's on the tab, um, but you can dilute it with more 
Again, it depends upon how much you like salt. I'm somebody that really loves salt, so I will put an entire packet in my like 30 ounce water bottle and it tastes perfect for me. But those are the two supplements off the bat that I really love that I think most people will gravitate to and utilize relatively easily in their training. Now, if you are somebody with a pre-existing condition, this recommendation on increasing your salt intake please discuss it with a registered dietitian with your doctor um, specialty in the field of whatever you are currently dealing with. This is not meant for everybody. This is just general advice. So just pre-warn, general advice, talk with your doctor, talk with a registered dietitian that is preferably sports specific. Um, If you guys need one, I know one, um, just DM me on Instagram at the personalized running doc and I can send you in a great direction to speak with one of my close friends, registered dietitian for endurance athletes. The third thing, third topic that has been of big discussion of late and that I've been having to remind a lot of runners, um, cause even though it is the summertime and everybody's going on vacation, everybody's doing like more relaxing things. There are, there's essentially just more on our schedules right now because the weather's nice. Everybody's going out. Everybody has plans. There's just more things that are, that are getting added up. Um, and here's the thing. And here's the reminder. Your body doesn't know the difference between the different types of stress you are under. So it has no understanding of good stress versus bad stress, doesn't have any understanding between physical, mental, or emotional stress. It just knows that it is stressed. And this is something that I have personally been having to actively kind of work on with myself as well, because when we are in these periods of high stress, regardless, again, if it's good, bad, if it's physical, mental, or emotional, your body is still under a lot of stress and that's going to impact how you are performing. When you are under high stress, your body is actually going to physically limit your ability to perform when you are working out. Like it will not let you push past a certain limit because it knows that it doesn't have that capacity right now, that it it knows if I go past this boundary, I'm either going to get sick or I'm going to get injured. So it's important to recognize in your daily life these different levels of stress that you're experiencing and in the different areas of your life of where those things are happening and understand that sometimes training can be going great in terms of it feels like it's in line with what you want right now, but if there is a lot of external stress in your personal life, in work, Again, things that are putting more mental and emotional load on you, whether, again, that's good or bad, there's a lot of change going on in your life and that's creating some stress and anxiety and just transitional periods. That is also going to impact your training and it's important just to recognize this so that that leads me into the next tip to take an extra rest day if you need to. But I'm going to go back to tip number three about recognizing the types of stress. Recognize, recognizing these types of stress in your life, recognizing you are under stress, isn't essentially saying that like you are 
giving into the stress and going to do nothing. You can just pull back. You can decrease the load of your training in your physical training right now to allow for more recovery time. Because if there is so much stress in your life that it is going to impact how you can not only show up for training, but how you then perform in training because your body is literally giving you essentially warning signs. It is like raising red flags left and right saying like, hey, I'm not feeling great. Like you need to either slow down or you need to stop and give me an extra day to take a breath. Otherwise, something's going to happen. Um, your your check engine light is coming on and you need to recognize those signs. And those signs typically can be um, increase of anxiety or feelings of anxiety. It can be loss of sleep um, because, again, your brain won't stop going. Um, it can be GI discomfort. Having more of an upset stomach can be related to stress. Um, there are some cases where you're going to just, I mean, I think the most obvious is be more fatigued. And it's not just normal fatigue. It is like you are so tired, no amount of sleep is kind of like essentially replenishing your tank type of tired. Um, and that is going to be a sign that like to take some some of the, the load off of your plate. And honestly, again, the easiest way for us to do that is to pull back a little bit on training. Again, doesn't mean that you have to go full stop. It just means that you need to recognize that there is a limit and a capacity that you have for yourself right now, and that is okay. And I know for a lot of us that maybe were athletes in high school or college, I know that I have dealt with this. It's hard to transition into adult life as that type of athlete that you were when you were younger because you had essentially the priority to be an athlete. You were a student, but you were also an athlete. And they were kind of both very prominent identifiers in your life. And many student athletes always liked to show up at 100%, 110%. And then when we, when we get into adult life and we have these other priorities and responsibilities that take precedence and we can no longer show up at the same capacity that we want to, to our sport, to our athletics, to our growth and progression in that active form of our life, it can feel like we're going backwards, like we're not doing enough. You are doing enough. Honestly, when we were younger, we were probably doing too much as well, but you are doing enough and it's more about the consistency that you are able to train. So your body is going to do so much better if you recognize that you are under these high levels of stress and you decide to deload and pull back on the intensity of your training, the frequency, the duration of your training on a weekly basis to give your body the opportunity to fully recover. Maybe you're able to then get more sleep. You're, spent, you're spending more time cooking in the kitchen to get better meals spending more time hydrating and getting electrolytes in. It's like I'm kind of repeating myself here. <laughs> um, but if you're able to recognize that and you're able to just, again, pull back, not pull the e-brake, you're going to then be able to stay consistently in your training. And that longevity of constantly being able to stay consistent in your training 
that compounding effect of being able to continually train over and over and over again for days upon days, weeks upon weeks, months upon months. And again, those, those things fluctuate in terms of the intensity and, um, how hard we're going and if we're actually in a training cycle or we're just maintaining. But if you're able to do that for years upon years, that's how you become the best version of yourself in the long term. And most of us try to go really, really hard for short periods of time. And then we either burn out, hit a wall, um, stop progressing, get sick, get injured, or all of the above. And so again, recognizing the amount of stress that you are having in your life, good, bad, indifferent, recognizing where it's coming from and recognizing what you can then do about it to stay consistent is the best thing that you can do to not only perform, build your confidence, but also stay injury free and get stronger in the long term. And again, with that, the fourth tip that I already kind of mentioned and topic that has been of discussion is don't be afraid to take an extra rest day. If you are so tired or you are so overwhelmed with the other responsibilities that are going on in your life, um, that it is hard for you to show up consistently or you are just not able to do the runs as scheduled, it is okay to take that extra rest day. You are not going to lose that much fitness if you do decide to pull back on the intensity of your training as long as you keep doing something. Something is always better than nothing in terms of, again, staying consistent. It's going to be the word of this podcast because I've said it so many times, but staying consistent and being able to show up in some capacity, again, is going to allow you to have that compounding effect of training. And even if there is an extra rest day for the next three weeks of your training, you're still going to improve because those other days you are still showing up for yourself. So that is tip three and four, to recognize that your body doesn't know the difference between the different types of stress which we can go into that further on, I think, a separate um, podcast episode because I think that's an important thing. And to take an extra rest day if you need it, to give yourself the opportunity to cross-train and do something easy. If you guys listened to the last episode that um, I recorded with my friend Jason, one of the activities that he has his runners do, and like I think this is brilliant and I'm going to start incorporating it with my athletes, is to pool walk with music on and a beer in your hand. Now, beer is optional, but pool walking with music on in the summertime, whether that's an indoor and outdoor pool, that sounds like a, a great party to me. Like That sounds like so relaxing, so nice, and Again, you're still going to get a benefit of like a little mini workout there. You're going to get your blood flowing. You're going to be working against the resistance of the water, but you're going to be taking it a little bit easier because again, the water's buoyant. So you're going to be offloading a little bit from the days that you were pounding out on the pavement. Um, and you're going to be still making a step forward without putting further load on yourself. And I think a lot of times we don't allow ourselves to go slower on a run um, or go 
easy enough on a recovery day that we actually see the benefits of active recovery. I think most people over strain themselves even on what's supposed to be a recovery day because they want to sweat. They want to feel like they did something and that they worked out, but sometimes that's actually doing us a disservice in the long run. The fifth and final topic that I had a recent conversation with a couple of my athletes about leading into their marathon or half marathon training blocks is about strength training. And this is just kind of like an FYI for any of you that are maybe in that place right now or going to be in the future. But I've had a lot of questions of like, what do I do when it comes to strength training if I'm going into a training cycle for, again, a race, 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon, whatever it may be. Maybe you're into ultras. Cool. Um, should you continue to lift at the if say you've been lifting, should you continue to lift at the same intensity? Yes. Depending upon how long of a base building phase you are giving yourself. And again, this is dependent upon who you are. If you are starting from like couch to 5K, you're going to have a longer buildup for a 5K than somebody that's been running for an extended period of time and has already a solid base. That person's going to have a different timeline. But essentially, while you are base building, and that means while you are building up your aerobic capacity, so you're increasing your long run, you're building your consistency with your weekly runs, um, you should be continuing to strength train at the intensity that you were previously strength training. If you haven't been strength training, you need to get your butt to the gym and start strength training Um, because training can be rehabilitative and you want to be doing that prehabilitative before you need to actually do rehab to get back to training. Um, So if you are in the midst of a base building or you have plans to be, it is okay to continue to lift at the same intensity that you have been lifting heavy, lifting at the same frequency in terms of sets, reps, maybe you're doing isometric holds, same amount of hold time. All of those things should stay the same during base building. And it could even go a little bit heavier in terms of how much weight you're lifting or how many reps you're doing. Um, You can increase the resistance during that time because during this time, the priority is to build a really strong aerobic base and to build some endurance in your muscles And if you are lifting heavy and going for an easy run later in the day or the next day, your muscles are going to be a little tired. And so they're going to have to learn how to work under fatigue. And guess what? That is how we build endurance. And that is perfect. Again, if you are not yet strength training, you need to start. Start somewhere. Heavy is a relative term. So heavy for you for a squat, maybe 30 pounds. Heavy for somebody else maybe their body weight. It really depends, but just start somewhere. But those are the top five topics. It's such a mouthful. Top five topics that I have been discussing recently in my coaching calls with my clients to help them improve their performance and improve their resilience to injury. 
Um, I hope this was an episode that gave you guys some reminders on what we should be doing for ourselves, not necessarily just in physical training, but outside of physical training, because again, it is about those five facets and physical training is only one of them. The others are just as important to help you not only improve your performance, maximize your recovery, but also stay resilient to injury. If any of these topics you have further questions on or you want me to cover something more in depth, shoot me a DM on Instagram at the personalized running doc or email me. You know what? Whatever works best for you guys. My email is info at the I want to hear from you. I want to know what you guys want to hear more of and what you want to learn more about. And I am here as a support to help you in your training. Next episode, we are going to be going back to the interviews that I've been having with some of the people that I have met in the running community that I feel have been super influential and inspiring in some ways, as well as maybe had a personal influence in my own training. And actually, the next person we will be talking to is my friend, previous training partner, and coach, uh, Tucker Gross, who has his own Instagram page at Training with Tucker. And if you are interested, you can go give him a follow preemptively. But we are going to be chatting in the next couple of weeks from here. So I hope you again enjoyed this episode and keep on running. But that is all for today's episode of the Up and Running podcast. I hope you enjoyed and had some key takeaways from today's episode. If there are other questions or topics that you are looking for me to dive into, please reach out to me via Instagram and shoot me a DM at the personalized running doc today. I'll talk to you soon.